Welcome to the Unblocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Welcome back to episode number 81 of Unblocking Crypto, as always. Great to see you again. Good to see you, Jason. So this week, I kind of wanted to start off with some details that weren't crypto focused, just because it's a lot of really interesting news that I think will affect the macro market at some point. The first one is there's really been some big names that have been involved in in somewhat shorting the the market. And and really the biggest has been Michael Burry, who, for those of you that have heard that name before, he was one of the guys in the big short that shorted the mortgage meltdown and made a crap ton of money. I think like $700 million when he had not many, not much compared to that point. But he has now put over $1.6 billion worth of options on bought puts on the market. And no idea what the time frame is, but $1.6 billion on a put option is a lot of money. And I think it's both on the S&P and the NASDAQ that he's he's done this on. And put options are pretty much if nothing happens, then you lose that money. So it's it's crazy to me that he'd throw out 1.6 billion when he made what 700 million last time. So this is a lot more than what he had, and he's expecting something big to happen here in the near future. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And I didn't get into the details much, but you know, I feel like everybody's been bearish for a long time, and it's just not coming down. The tricky thing about puts in an inflationary environment is like if inflation is five percent then the market's going to go up at five percent just on sheer inflation numbers so as a put you you're you need the market to go down i mean if you're made his sort of a wager you're expecting to go down five percent ten percent something significant so you're talking about a negative 15% growth in real terms. So he's got a it's kind of an interesting move for him, but we'll see if it pays off again. You know, it's one of those things. What are the chances that you get you get it right twice in a lifetime in once in a lifetime opportunities? So it, I'm interested to see it. I've been bearish. I can't believe things are still working. I feel like we're wild E. Coyote. We ran off the cliff and we just haven't looked down yet. So I'm not willing to put any sort of money on a on it though, because it seems like they have a million different ways to kick a can down the road and keep things floating, even though there's nothing real underneath it. So we'll see how it goes. But that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. Yeah, and what's interesting is, I mean, there's U.S. senators now that are shorting the market as well because they have to kind of report things. So they're one of the guys I think is it's been only 30k on the short QQQ, right? Which compared to 1.6 billion seems like nothing, <laughs> but still thirty thousand dollars is typically a decent amount of change too. And I mean, if you look at some of the GDP growth between the U.S. and China, and maybe it's declined because neither one of them are growing. Those two combined are a pretty big hit from what we're seeing. And if I think they add up to more than the next 25 countries combined. So when the US and China are hurting, even you got the rest of the world, if they are going up, they have to go up quite a bit to, to make up for that difference. So 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, anytime you have that size of bet put down, you at least have to pay attention and, and be prepared and think what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's worth noting. And it's just tough for me. I'm kind of maybe that's maybe that's a signal. Maybe that's a recession signal that I'm I'm finally starting to think, OK, maybe they can just kick this can down the road even longer. Maybe I'm like the sell signal. And I, when my mind is finally like, oh, maybe, maybe you should be riding this market. That's the signal that everything's about to collapse. Yeah, so another interesting signal, Evergrande, which is China's one of their largest real estate holding companies. I think they were worth like $42 billion not too long ago. And now they've lost almost double that recently. And last week they declared Chapter 15 bankruptcy protection in the U.S. So... I mean, China seems to be somewhat hurting a lot more than I think what everybody realizes. And I mean, like I just said, they have a huge economy, right? So if their economy is struggling, that's going to affect the rest of the world too. Yeah, but I mean, when Evergrande failed to make one of their loan payments, it feels like that was 12 or 18 months ago when that news hit several hundred million dollar loan payment. Everyone acted like it was the end of the world and recessions upon us. There's there's no way out. It's going to be a domino effect and everything's screwed. And everything's been green steadily since that time. So I am kind of tired of being um, a chicken little about this market. So I'm just I'm just holding steady. Like I'm I'm not going to let it tank. And I'm not, you know I'm ready to get out, but. I, they just seem to have a bunch of moves like this MMT stuff where you print a bunch of money and it wallpapers over the holes in your wall. It seems to, it, it seems to work for a while. Uh, eventually it won't, but how long do you sit on the sidelines and let things grow? It's tough. Yeah. Well, some other positive news. I know we've talked about BlockFi a lot in the past since we both have had uh, something on there. They did open up with the withdrawal process last week, early this week. And I did take advantage of that, although it, it is telling me that it could take up to 90 days. What I got withdrawal to. Staff. Um, but the good news is if you did have money in there, you can get some out. Uh, it is definitely not all of it. There's still parts of it that I'm not being allowed to withdraw, but uh, at least some of the rewards from the BlockFi credit card are able to come out with this one. Yeah, I got an email that said I'm now eligible to withdraw. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. I need to sit down and crack open the laptop and get to work on it. I just haven't had, haven't had the opportunity yet, but fairly curious to see if I can actually get my crypto out of BlockFi. Yeah, I, I did notice for some reason I got $11 and change in the GUSD, Gemini's USD stable. And to transfer it out, it, it is an $11 fee. <laughs> To transfer it out, I would get about 30 cents worth of GUST, and I haven't done that yet, hoping that I'm going to figure out a way to put it on a layer two. Maybe you know, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen at this point, because <laughs> at this point, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Once, uh, whenever you, in crypto, it's like, oh, you know, things are blowing up, right? So things are going 100x, but you don't know which ones are going to go on a rocket ship and which ones are going to tank. So it's like a ah, hundred bucks here, 150 bucks there kind of spread it around on these gambling chips and they go to like, they drop 90%. So you end up with $10 and it's like, well, it might as well be zero. 
like <laughs> this is the if, if it takes me if it takes me more than 10 seconds to get 50 cents out it's not a good return on my time exactly the other big news is celsius kind of in that same vein they have approved a vote for the shareholders to be sold to fahrenheit and a few other companies as well it's like a consortium of, of those companies the plan means it should be able to recover about 67 to 85 percent of all the assets that people had in there and okay. that kind of depends on different situations and where your assets were so it is good news still has to go through the boat which i don't think happens until september or maybe even later the expectation is there's no reason for people not to vote yes on this, but who knows? The world is crazy some days. Yeah. PayPal was also in the news here recently. Uh, they sent out a an email to everybody in the UK that paused the ability to buy crypto in their app. And this has a little bit to do with some of the new UK regulatory issues. So they, they said it's theoretically just going to be a minor pause, but it's one of those things where it was really exciting news with PayPal here recently, talking about their stablecoin and being probably one of these on-ramps for a lot of people to get into crypto. And now that's being somewhat put in hold. So one of the benefits of making sure you have multiple on-ramps and off-ramps in crypto in general, in case something like this happens and causes problems for different locations. Yeah, it's, it's never seems to be smooth. Yeah, more more reason to kind of make sure you own your own coins and your own wallets, uh, your own, so that you can move things around to wherever you need to. I mean, right now, I think you can still sell on PayPal's app, but you can't really transfer it anywhere else at this point. Speaking of stable coins and now the CDBCs, I don't know if you saw, but MasterCard has made an announcement that they are focusing on a CDBC platform and they're partnering with ripple and consensus who is pretty much one of the lead developers of ethereum to create this very easy to use platform for countries to adopt and create their own cdbcs on top of it so i mean some big names involved in that uh, a little scary at the same <laughs> time that you have these big companies involved but it, it is kind of interesting to see that i mean they're they're moving forward with adoption of, of digital technology in general. So it, it's gonna happen, unfortunately. I hope it, it's not a lot of CDBCs, but I have a feeling it's it's coming whether we like it or not. There's just too much smoke. I mean, we've been hearing about CBDCs for a year and then longer than that. It's just a conspiracy theory from crypto libertarians. And now it's like, yep, this they're gonna try it. And they're going to try mm -hmm. to sneak stuff in there and that's, it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm not sure what the solution is. I think if you live in a country that rolls it out, you have to play the game with your, with your spending money at least. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you do it. And I mean, do you really want to fight the government with your money? I don't know that that, I don't know that that's a fight that you can win. I think it's going to be one of those that you're going to have to utilize it. But at the same time, you want to figure out a way to have another way to, in the past about Nigeria has kind of done something like this and they've limited the 
cash withdrawals per week up to like you know, 200 something bucks per person yeah. right so if you wanted to do anything more than that you're kind of screwed so you, it's kind of a, a need to have whether it's bitcoin or whatever else works in that country to have more flexibility to do whatever you want right so it's going to become a, a at least a two-headed monster if not more than that yeah and like always the government's going to set some rules some people are going to be able to benefit from it and other people are just going to go along with it and that's going to be like a freedom removal tool sort of thing so we'll see i'm not sure how this is going to go for the united states well election coming up i have a feeling it's going to be a very popular theme that's talked about quite in depth hopefully yeah it would be nice if they would have debates for this presidential election i'd like to hear what people say about things like bitcoin and cbdc's and but we'll see i don't think they're gonna have them yeah that's kind of crazy too so the other big news coinbase's layer two solution base has surpassed in daily transactions optimism and arbitrum kind of two of the top layer two companies out there which is a pretty big deal considering that base has only been out for maybe two months at this point and a lot of it well so i guess the caveat to that is the total value locked on the other two is still a lot higher than base so even though it's it's getting the daily transactions most of that daily transactions is due to this app called friend.tech have you heard of this one nope that was kind of interesting you are pretty much able to sell shares of your social network almost to people so a lot of these uh or formerly known as twitter personalities are creating access to themselves through kind of private messaging and selling an X certain number of shares of that. And people are paying, it's mainly Ethereum, right? To, to get access to that. So it's the more important you are, the more, the higher those shares are. And theoretically these people are answering questions, providing the ability to tweet things on their platforms and through their, through their handle. Right. So it's, Kind of interesting how things are happening. I think it's an invite only at this point. Uh, still not really sh sure about the privacy side of things. There seems to be some issues there, but it is interesting that it's taking off quite rapidly. Yeah, that's one of those use cases I don't know that I believe in. We'll see. This is probably the most successful one, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm. Uh, Intrigued to pay attention to it and see what happens. Probably not going to get involved in it. I, I'm too much of an engineer to jump in on that. Like, that seems like you're piling on layers of marketing and then selling shares yeah. of the ability to market. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not built for that. We've talked a lot about Bitcoin mining in the past, too. And I don't know if you've heard, but there was another solo Bitcoin miner that won a block. Yeah, so he, I mean, the block reward, I think, is about 160 grand. Right, and they they've produced. I think he had like a uh, processing power, which is pretty small compared to a lot of the other big miners. So their their estimate is he probably owns like eight or ten um, ASIC miners. Right, so I mean not a single miner, but still a decent amount. And based on that, 
he should win a block somewhere around once every seven years, I think is the guess. Yeah. But so, I mean, exciting news for him. What the details that I saw is it's now been like 270 blocks total have been won by somewhat of a solo minor. So uh, it's kind of, I mean, it happens. Most of those are maybe I should say part of a mining pool, right? But still these small guys are still winning and, if you're doing it on your own, that's a pretty big payday to get. Yeah, no, it like finally pays off after spending all the money on the electricity. I, I mind a little bit. I can't imagine dropping. So if he has six A6, so that's gonna be something like $100 a month in power consumption. So if you did that for a year or two, that would get old if you didn't win a block. Yeah, my guess is he probably had close to 30k in equipment that he paid up front and you're saying $600 a month or more I mean possibly even $1,000 a month so you're talking about 12k a year in expenses so I mean with with no guaranteed return if you're if you're not part of a mining pool yeah so I mean if he did it once every seven years he does come out ahead (laughs) but the ROI still seems uh, very small at that point no, that's tricky. Uh, and then one of the other big things that I saw, and jumping to NFTs real quick, OpenSea has kind of changed one of their models, and they plan on not getting the mandatory royalty fees that creators have on NFTs. So they will not collect those starting in March of 2024, which is kind of crazy because that's one of the big advantages of NFTs is that still provides some sort of revenue to the original creator of the NFT. The Yuga Labs, which is best known for Board Ape Yacht Club's NFTs, has decided to moonlight their support for OpenSea moving forward. So they're planning to move everything away from OpenSea in February of 2024 to beat their OpenSea's uh, March of 2020 uh, plan date. So. I'll be interested to see what this does for OpenSea and if it's something that kind of throws a wrench in their whole process and people get away from OpenSea. I mean, they're definitely, they've been one of the biggest NFT marketplaces out there, but this is going to change quite a bit on what happens in the future and where NFT creators go to list list things. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I pay attention to them because every week you talk about them. So thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah, I still think it's going to be something that we're all going to be dealing with NFTs at some point, whether you like it or not. It just makes sense. And we're still kind of testing things out and seeing how it works. And uh, it's this is probably a step in the wrong direction, in my opinion. But then again, I don't know. They're paying way more attention to this than I am. And if AI comes out with a good use for NFTs and is right then the things could take off. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the more interesting pieces of this AI puzzle is instead of guys trying to figure out ways to grow businesses in order to in, integrate using different technologies, they'll just take that human, the, all the biases out of it, and then, hey, oh, one of the best uses for NFTs would be this. And then something we didn't think about, and, and it'll work, and it'll make sense. There's definitely possibilities for that. That's another reason to be bullish on Bitcoin, I think. 
I think AI would prefer to use Bitcoin as opposed to all the various different local currencies for all the different countries. As things just get more global, there's less reason to be exchanging currencies from one to another. Yeah, to me, it doesn't make any sense why AI wouldn't use Bitcoin. Right. I mean, everybody else is going to regulate it or every other country is going to try to regulate it some way. And with Bitcoin, AI doesn't have to worry about anybody regulating it. It's it's here. It's, it's done in computer code. <laughs> right. It's a commodity for most jurisdictions and they can just move it around. Speaking of different currencies, so this this isn't in the news, right? This is in my own personal experience. I have a couple of real estate rental investment houses. One of them I turned into a furnished rental. I've got a I got three guys that are in town to do to work. They're like extrusion specialists, right? So it's kind of blue collar, gray collar kind of work, you know, not a super high, highly technical, but it's, you know, they're not, they're not low skill, no skill guys. And so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Their background checks were like, not perfect, but a lot of it was when they were younger guys. If I can kind of paint the picture of these guys in the right way. And so, you know, I did, I did a financial stuff and, you know, it checked out. It's good enough for them to move in. So um, they had an issue with the modem. For the, the, I have an Xfinity modem, wireless router, high speed, all this, blah, 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 because I'm, it's Airbnb. You need to have good Wi-Fi. So I go there to replace the modem with a new one from Xfinity and just kind of strike up a conversation with him because he's got his laptop and a monitor set up, and it's just charts. And I'm like... So what's going on here, you know? He trades trades currencies, foreign currencies. He was trading between Japanese yen and US dollars and does essentially day trading. So it was very important for him to have good internet and uh, that wasn't dropping in and out. And so in my head, you know, this macroeconomic decline of the dollar, like everybody, this guy's not making a, a fortune. He's not a highly technical guy, he's, but he knows I can't just hold on to dollars and make four or five percent. I've got to do something to get ahead or I'm falling behind. And so I kind of having these thoughts and he was, he asked me, he's like, you know what, you, you do any trading or anything like that? And I was like, I don't know that I do any trading. I, I, I'm more like I collect Bitcoin. And he's like, oh, Bitcoin. It's like, he didn't get into it, but he immediately was saying, oh, so you got that having coming up. Was that March or April next year? It's was like, man, this guy knows more about Bitcoin. 75, 80% of the people I know that are in circles that talk about investments and all this stuff. So I'm telling you, you know, sometimes you run across people and they surprise you. This guy, like I didn't, they, you know, he's working 12-hour shifts at night. And then he's day trading foreign currencies before he goes to sleep and then before he goes back into work. So... We talked a little bit about how you just have to get away from dollars. Like everybody, if you inherit money, the first thing you think is, oh, what am I, where am I going to put this? It's not going to be in the savings account. And so, so this guy, whether he, whether he understands all of the inflation problems and all that, or if he just knows, man, these dollars don't go as far. If I'm going to hold on to them for a, any period of time, they're going to evaporate. 
And so he was into it, man. I, I was, I was impressed. And so that was, that was like that little touch point with a, another person that, I, you know, normally I'd never run across this guy. And so I was impressed and I, he talked about crypto. He got into different stuff and you know, it's a kind of a, it's like a new shiny thing. So, you know, he wanted to talk about it and I was, he, but he didn't think he preferred to trade in currencies and I, I, I couldn't really figure out why, but you know, dude works hard to make money and then understands that in order for that money to keep pace with inflation, he's got to do something extra. So that's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Well, I think, I mean, what he's doing is very leveraged 50 X and above. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think it takes much movement to see some sort of return on that. Assuming you, you get it in the right direction. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it's gotta go in the right direction, right? That's wild. And then the only other thing I had was we mentioned the ever grand failure in China bankruptcy that happened on the same day that SpaceX, it was an either announced or released or a paper was found that said they'd sold $373 million in Bitcoin. And that coincided with about a $2,000 drop in a minute with the Bitcoin price from a little under 28,000 to right around 26,000. So there was kind of a, there was a blip down in Bitcoin price that may have had nothing to do with either of those stories. And they just happened to happen on the same day. But it kind of Bitcoin has been very steady and then it makes a quick drop and then it's steady again. And then it, it seems like it makes a quick jump up and then it's steady there. It's It's been different in the last few months. So SpaceX didn't actually sell any of their Bitcoin, by the way. They just wrote oh, it down. Oh, what's the story? Oh, they wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, so they just, it was just an accounting thing. Yeah, that's all they so did. That, since it's, like I yeah. said, the, the stories, they, when the price goes up or down, people just start looking for stories. To, to guess at why the price moved when it, the the price just moves. Yeah, I mean, and it was a, I mean, it was very leveraged, right? So I think this was like the fifth largest drop in the history of, of Bitcoin, I think, yep. just because of all the leverage that was in the system. And once it starts getting washed out, it, it takes a lot, right? So I had nothing to do with SpaceX selling anything it was just them writing down i think i think other companies have done that i think microstrategy does it i feel like all the time right but yeah so just kind of news that isn't real but <laughs> people are trying to say this is why it happened <laughs> yeah yeah well so i i read that on the day it happened so i didn't go back and read more after yeah. like cooler heads prevail and they write a real story and they actually do some research so mm -hmm. yeah but, but that FASB, the, the recommendation that Bitcoin is no longer this intangible, intangible asset that they have to write down and can never write up. And that's going to work both ways. They're going to be able to show increased asset value probably sometime next year. The companies will be able to say, you know, this quarter we're up $600 billion. 500 billion of its Bitcoin, 100 to 100 billion is normal operating stuff. So those are big numbers. But if you're Apple or Google or whatever, those are not unreasonable if they're big into Bitcoin. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what how people use that to their advantage 
when it comes to their stock price and asset value and market cap. Well, it's interesting to me that it seems like all of Elon Musk's companies own Bitcoin on their balance sheet. It's <laughs> interesting. Uh, that tells you a little bit something about his view on crypto in, in the future as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty forward-looking guy, you know, thinking about humanity on Mars, electric cars, and the electrification of everything. So if you're forward-looking and you, you're not paying attention to Bitcoin, then I don't know that you're forward-looking. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way of putting it for sure. Well, well, that's everything that I had on my end. Anything else? I think that's good. Well, somewhat of a slow week, but some really interesting themes that we're starting to see where people are kind of questioning what's going to happen in the future, at least from a, a, an overall market perspective. Now, whether that happens soon or a year down the road or, or never at all, who knows, right? But it's interesting to pay attention to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Bitcoin react ahead of a recession, assuming the Burry thing's right, assuming we do hit a recession and not paper over it with printing money and do the COVID thing again. And if, cause is, is Bitcoin going to be a canary in the coal mine? Like will the Bitcoin price drop months prior to the recession or, you know, how is this going to, how's this going to go? So I'm curious to see. I, I didn't have much of a psychological, physiological response to Bitcoin dropping 10% in a, in a minute. So Let's just see what happens. My response is, oh, crap. How do I go buy more? <laughs> yep. I bought more. And I, I, what I, I mean, listening to some of the guys that I respect, it's their view is, holy cow, this is that opportunity we've been waiting for. Maybe it goes down to that 22.5 level that we thought is kind of the floor again, but it's most likely this is probably going to be the lowest that you see it in maybe the rest of our lifetimes. Right. So. Yeah, but yeah, that 16,000 in December was a real opportunity. I don't know how many people yeah. took advantage of it because it wasn't very volatile, but there was a $16,000 Bitcoin in 2022, at December of 2022 is looking pretty good. Yeah, especially like you talked about the happening coming up in April of next year. And if the spot ETFs in the U.S. happen, then you're going to wish... <laughs> It'd be amazing to get Bitcoin at 25K again, right? <laughs> oh. oh, cool. Well, as always, Sal, great chat, and we'll talk to you the next week. Yeah, all right. Appreciate it, Jason. If all of these crypto conversations leave you with more questions and you're looking for answers, I've created a product that dives into most of those answers, including why crypto, how to set up a cold wallet, and some of the more advanced strategies for dealing with crypto. Check the link in the notes below and hope to see you there.